Hello and welcome to Scary Bear, a horror movie podcast between partners. I'm Nine. I'm Opal. And we watched Paranormal Activity from, well, I guess technically 2007, although it was widely released in 2009, but we'll get into that. Uh, uh-huh. That's directed by Oren Pelly, uh, starring Katie Featherson and Micah Slout. Uh, and nobody else, really. <laughs> Those are our two characters. I mean, <laughs> there are maybe four people in the movie. Um, but I guess before we get into the movie, do we have any, do we have any updates? Uh, we released our Nope bonus ode. Uh, you can go listen yeah, to that. Yeah, we feed. saw that last week, but we haven't really gotten a chance to see any new movies this week because we've been a little busy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've been quirking and stuff, but. Hey, you got your new job. Yeah, that's. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, that's going well so far. Uh, I don't think it'll interrupt our movie time. No, no, it's just we were wrapped up in other things. And yeah. Good. We're probably not going to watch a new movie every single week, but pretty consistently it's fun to. Um, is there any other content that we can talk about besides... Uh, we watched a new season of Forged in Fire, and they changed the host, and it's not the same anymore. <laughs> <laughs> the ones they added to Netflix recently, I guess. Yeah, they yeah. changed like the main guy who goes blades, Smarts! and it doesn't it doesn't work anymore. No, I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into the movie. Uh, I guess does this movie need any introduction? It's a found footage horror ghost movie. I think most people will know what this one is. Yeah. Um. Let's just get into the summary. Uh, but first, I I showed you the a little bit of the marketing material for this movie, which yeah. is interesting. So we watched the trailer, which or at least the the like long form trailer. The I, official trailer, yeah. It's not the one I remember commercials for exactly. The the like gimmick of the trailer is that it shows the audience's reaction to the movie, like in a theater. Yeah, I remember these commercials were on all the time around the time this came out. We get text on the screen saying, Paranormal Activity is one of the scariest movies of all time. And experience it for yourself. But I, I'm so sad that we didn't find those other trailers because it doesn't show any of the movie. It's just the audience freaking out over the final scene of the movie. Do, do we want to talk about your original viewing experience of yes, this movie? Yes, I absolutely do, because that's a perfect segue, because that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> the, the theater that I was in was freaked out, because we have to drive 30 minutes to get to a good theater showing relevant movies, right? Right. Because I'm from, like, a small town, so we go to a slightly bigger town to see good movies. But this place was packed. It was never packed. People were horny for this movie <laughs> and just they would freak out over the littlest stuff that would happen and like a door moves a little bit everybody everyone would be like <gasps> <And> you just <laughs> hear the gasps and oh my gosh it was fun it was a yeah. fun theater experience it's always nice when you get a theater experience that like adds something to the movie uh the one that i will always remember is uh when we saw Midsommar in theaters <laughs> and at a really climactic point in the movie, a literal earthquake happened. No, if you know, if you know Midsommar, this happened during the cliff scene. 
Yeah, like, <laughs> as, like, the, the scene is, like, climaxing, uh, a literal earthquake started, and everyone was like, do we leave the theater? Do we just keep watching the movie? People were leaving. We live in California, so earthquakes aren't that weird, but it was a pretty big one, so. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that I'll always think of that one. That's as... not even the movie that made me stop taking edibles, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. Another time. <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe later in this podcast actually maybe it might come up maybe but uh, I I was gonna say just like this woman next to me she was in my lap during this final <laughs> scene she was everyone was screaming I wasn't because I'm too cool for that <laughs> but I don't know it's just it's the most dramatic response to a movie in a theater I think I've ever been a part of yeah um. So let's let's transition yeah. into our summary. Yeah, I would be interested if anyone else saw it in theaters, if they had an experience like that. Oh, for sure. Uh, I mean, the first time I saw this movie was with you. You yeah. showed me this movie. Yeah. Uh, we we started we saw these movies pretty early on when we started dating. Yeah, I think say. this was a, a video call movie we did yeah. during the long distance period. Yeah. Um. All right. So the movie starts. We get text on the screen saying that. Paramount Pictures wants to thank the family of Katie and Michael Sloat and the Los Angeles Police Department. Yeah. Uh, we're introduced to uh, Micah. He has purchased a home video camera. Uh, it's like an expensive camera. It's like a movie camera. Yeah, I mean, it, it is like a, a home camera, but it, it's expensive. Um, his girlfriend, Katie, is like not a big fan of it. She keeps asking, like, how much money did you spend on this thing? If it's heavy and you have to hold it with both hands and it has the big light on it, I think that's beyond a home camera at that point. Sure. Um, they have purchased the camera because paranormal phenomenon are kind of occurring. Um, paranormal activity, you could say. You could say that. There's a lot of it. Um, we learn a little bit more about the couple. Uh, Katie has girl hobbies, like making <laughs> jewelry and knitting. And Mika has boy hobbies, like playing the guitar and film. You're so right. You're so brave. <laughs> you're, bro- you're so brave for saying this. But I, I was tickled by her little jewelry station that she has because I have a craft station. All like <laughs> it that. looks just like that. I, I looked at like the pair of pliers and I'm like, that's a jewelry station. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, she's this. got little boxes of things and pliers. You know it's jewelry. Uh, Mika is like a horned up dude. Uh, he's a day trader for stocks. Uh, he has a shirt that says CoinNet on it, which is a stock you, trading you website. You know this guy got in early for Bitcoin. He started <laughs> off using it to buy DMT off of the Silk Road, but then he got in early and started using it for investing, and now he has a house. He already has a house, though, in this movie. He buys another one. <laughs> his, his investment properties. Yeah. Investors are like this. Uh, yeah, I guess, like... Hence the big house and the expensive camera. He, he has stocks, money. They, they need an excuse for this guy not to do anything, but he still has money. <laughs> he needs to be home all the time and for it to like not be a big deal. Yeah, and she's like a student. Yeah, she, she mentions... She like, oh, I'm studying. But she looks 30 years old. Anyway. <laughs> she, she's like, oh, I don't want to go to class today, really. Um, this is a good chance to talk about their house. It's very... 2007 question mark no this this bed looks like my parents bed from the (laughs) 90s those yellow sheets oh my god they're disgusting 
This is maybe a good time to mention that this is the director Oren Pelly's real house. He did a bad job. <laughs> Apparently he spent like a year before this movie redecorating. and. Uh, oh god, what did he do though? It doesn't look good. Um, we get a bunch of the uh, shots of from the movie camera here. All of the shots are from the perspective of this camera. Um, we get a very familiar one of just their bedroom which is like all blue at nighttime this is like the poster for the movie yeah if you've got a camera with like night vision of this quality on it it's not a home camera that is a professional <laughs> camera whatever we know they're rich they have a pool uh small scale uh <laughs> you called these like uh cat events <laughs> are happening around the house i'm just saying if they had an animal of any kind these would be highly explainable events <laughs> um katie and mika decide they're gonna get a psychic uh who comes and starts asking them like some basic questions basically uh stuff has been happening to katie for a long time um all the way back to when she was eight she would see like a shadowy figure at the foot of her bed um, but nobody could ever really determine the cause of any of this. Um, well, kids lie. Right. I mean, <laughs> that that's kind of the implication, right? Is that, like, this is something that's been blown out of proportion. But um, they're explaining it, and there's, you know, banging on the walls, scratching sounds, flickering lights, uh, moving objects, uh, whispering. Um, Katie says she hears uh, the, a voice whispering her name. And Mika is like, oh, it's probably me in my sleep. He doesn't sound like that, but he might as well <laughs> he's a real like bro. Um, when they call the psychic, of course, he has to be an asshole about it. Yeah, uh, the psychic says there's probably something going on in the house, uh, and that it's probably a demon, uh, and that it wants Katie. Uh, and he gives them the contact info for a demonologist. Um, but Mika is like... He, he doesn't want to, like, insult his masculinity, so he's like, oh, what if I just got a Ouija board? This is the thing, right? Because it makes no sense for him to be skeptical of these things if he believes in ghosts already. <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely like, I don't want other men involved in this. I'm going to solve it myself with my big penis energy. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, it's actually really small penis energy to not call the demonologist, but still get the Ouija board. You know he's going to do that shit for free. Why not? <laughs> he doesn't have anything else to do. He's a demonologist. Um, he's waiting for your call. Mika and Katie kind of continue to experience strange events, like loud noises, uh, their bedroom door shakes. Um, Mika keeps bringing up this Ouija board, but literally every other character in the movie tells him this is a bad idea. Um, he continues to uh do like little he calls them evp experiments oh my god uh as events start to escalate um on night 15 uh katie mysteriously gets up out of bed and kind of stands looming over it looking at mika for hours without moving people um, do this not looking at people though why not for hours it's called disassociation <laughs> Sometimes you just stand up in one place for a little while. Listen, I've slept walked in the past, but nothing like this. Well. <laughs> Do we want to talk about it on the podcast? You had some strange sleepwalking occurrences, I'll just say that. Yeah, back when I worked at a movie theater and I was just exhausted all the time because I had no sleep schedule, I would, like, talk in my sleep a lot 
And occasionally I would like half kind of get up out of bed and talk. You would have activities. You would start <laughs> activities that I wasn't aware of. You'd, you would, that, that one time that you got out of bed, you turned on the light. You said, come on, let's go. And I was like, go where? Get out, get back in bed. You would just be like, let's go. And then I asked, I asked about it the next day and you're like, oh yeah, I think I was mad at you. <laughs> no, I, so I, I remember this distinctly. I thought I was dreaming. Uh, so I was in my dream. It was like, we like had somewhere to go and you like wouldn't get out of bed. And I was mad at you. Cause I was like, <laughs> Opal, we have to get up and go. It's time for us to go. We had like had somewhere. And I, was, was... I was asking you go where <laughs> in, my, in my mind it was like, it's morning. We have to, we have to start getting ready and you wouldn't get ready. And I was mad and confused. I was then, also confused. And then I found out I was sleepwalking this and not dreaming at all. Oh my gosh, those would be strange. You would say strange things. I don't remember most of them, but... Look out for the things. I remember that one. Look out for the things. (laughs) Yes, you did say that one time. Anyway, uh, this one is like more severe than that. Um, Mika finds uh, Katie out on the porch swing uh, in the cold. Um, And the next morning, she doesn't seem to remember any of it. She even has like a conversation with him. Um... Mika buys the Ouija board. <laughs> this is, I mean, there is no empathizing with this man. He just he just does everything that no one wants him to do. He buys this fucking plastic. Apparently, it's uh, uh Oren Pelly bought it from Costco. Yeah, Hasbro <laughs> makes them. Yeah, they're it's not just full a, of spirit energy it's or whatever. Just a fucking Hasbro Ouija it's board. It's a board game. Uh, Katie freaks out at him and doesn't let him use it. Um. But while they're, like, out of the room, the board catches on fire? No, it spills something out first. Uh, yeah, so it leaves, like, a cryptic message behind with, like, the... I think it's implied that, like, the burning kind of leaves the message behind. I don't know. Well, the planchette spills something. Right. Um, Mika, yeah, he wants to take care of the problem himself, so he does the old uh, powder-on-the-floor experiment. Um, the quote-unquote ghost leaves footsteps uh that go up to an attic entrance uh mika goes up there and he finds a partially burned picture of katie uh he he crawls through the insulation to get this picture (laughs) clearly implied uh katie says the picture shouldn't exist since uh it's from her old house which burned down the footsteps that it leaves behind are kind of like weird three-fingered dinosaur footprints i used to think they were like cloven hooves but I think they're more like lizardy. They're very strange. Yeah. Um, Katie wants to call the demonologist, but Mika still is like, "No, I'm going to take care of it." Uh, that night, the door slams shut, and there are more banging noises. Um, the next morning, there's like a picture smashed, and Katie says she feels the ghost breathing on her. Um, this is the first time anything has happened like during the day. Yeah, and when she says that, you see a little bit of her hair move, and it's kind of it's kind of fun. Yeah, uh, apparently the demonologist is out of town. That's why. Listen, <laughs> if an expert tells you to call someone tomorrow, you better fucking call them tomorrow because they're going to be on vacation for two years after that, and you're not going to be able to reach them. Just take my word for it. If you're ever <laughs> in this situation, this specific situation, do it tomorrow. Uh, the psychic uh, refuses to help, so the couple's kind of forced to hunker down for a few days as the 
paranormal activity continues to invest to uh, escalate. Uh, I wrote here, it's wild that there's no music in this whole movie. Well, that's what you want to do, right, for a found footage thing. Because if you're adding, like, creepy horror music to everything, it takes you out of it. You're like, this is a movie. Yeah, there are just, like, long sequences of just, like, their bedroom at night with, like, nothing moving. Um, And that manages to build tension without any, like, backing track to it. It, Yeah. It's cool. I mean, Blair Witch does the same thing, right? It's more Mm -hmm. atmospheric, and it's meant to be more believable than be a overly produced movie. We will talk about Blair Witch. Don't don't worry about that. Oh, of that. course, yeah, yeah. I, I would expect to. Um, they find a <laughs> GeoCities webpage of this lady who had similar events happen to her in the 1960s. It looks like a Hypnospace Outlaw page where you would get the password <laughs> to unlock the hacker's ID or whatever. It's very funny. Uh, yeah, there's like a there's definitely like a squisher somewhere hidden on this page. <laughs> um, they uh, I guess. What happened with this lady was they tried to call an exorcist, but the attacks escalated from there and she was killed. Yeah, I can't really parse the pictures on the website. I don't know if you could. It's just like her face all like beat up. I guess. They're just very hard to see. Yeah. Um, That night, Katie gets dragged out of bed by the ghost. Yeah. Uh, Mika is able to kind of go get her and pull her back into the room. Uh, but the next morning he finds her downstairs and she's like almost comatose and she's clutching like a small wooden cross so hard that her hand is bleeding. Yeah, but for, first at, before that you see the bite mark that she gets from that. Yeah. And it's just gnarly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's kind of behaving strangely now, smiling creepily and sort of saying everything will be okay, I think. Yeah, this this should be your clue that uh, <laughs> something is wrong. This is irreversible now. Yeah, um, that night she gets up again out of bed and stares at Mika for hours again. Um, she leaves the room and you hear her scream. Uh, Mika jumps up out of bed and runs out there and you hear him screaming and then a loud thud and then it's suddenly very quiet. Um, Eventually, there's some loud thuds, like, coming up the stairs, and Mika's body is thrown into the room and knocks the camera down, and we see uh, Katie, who's there, covered in blood, and she crawls towards the camera creepily and growls, and her face gets all weird special effects-y. Yeah, that is the theatrical ending. Uh, Yeah, and then that's the end of the movie. We get text on the screen saying, yeah, Mika's body was discovered by police, and Katie's whereabouts remain unknown. Yeah, dun, dun, this, dun. this is the one that keeps it open-ended for the sequels, I would say. Yeah, um, we watched like an alternate ending where Katie's killed by police, uh, and then there's another alternate ending where she kills herself. Um, yeah, which, those wouldn't make sense with the sequels necessarily. I hear that people like them more, but I just don't think there's that big enough of a difference between them for me to really care, personally. Yeah, I mean... This movie is like a blissful 86 minutes. Uh, it is really short. I was really happy with the length of it, though. I think um, this is the kind of movie that if it went on any longer, it would really start you would to be drag. Exhausted. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, the scares are a little bit sparse at points, but it is kind of helped along by the short overall length of it. So you're never, like, bored. Yeah, I mean, it has you looking for small things happening on the screen more than anything, which I think is a good way to get people engaged, is to have the subtlety of, like, the actual events. 
Yeah. Um, let's get into a little bit of the kind of background for this movie before we get into our ratings for it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, this movie is directed by Oren Pelly. Um, apparently before this he was working as a video game designer. What did uh, what did he make? He did the netcode for Mortal Kombat three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, but yeah, famously this movie was made um, with no cam uh, no camera crew and no script. Uh, you it, can tell it was times. shot in seven days at Pelly's own home. Um, I guess the two main actors were initially paid uh, five hundred dollars for their performances. That's crazy. They did get uh, renegotiate and get more money later I on. I know, but even to begin with, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, I guess uh, Mika Slot was apparently formerly a, a cameraman for a okay. news station. Okay, I mean, that works. Uh, so it kind of helps because he's uh, controlling the actual camera quite yeah. a bit during this. Um, yeah, the original uh, filming was done for $15,000. Um, it did get... An additional two hundred thousand in post production, plus like a new ending, um, but it made almost two hundred million. Um, it's really only comparable to the Blair Wish Project, which was made for about two hundred thousand and made two hundred and fifty million. Yeah, but this spurred on its own uh, fad of found footage movies after it for sure. Well, um, really importantly, this movie basically launched. Blumhouse as a low-budget horror production company. Um, mm-hmm. This was basically their first movie. Yeah, we um, talked about The Bay, too. Yeah, uh, apparently Jason Blum of Blumhouse, uh, he previously worked at Miramax, and I guess he uh, passed on the Blair Witch Project. Oh. <laughs> so, but he found this movie. Um, since then, you know, like, I would say the, the late 2000s, or the 2010s, basically, mm-hmm. are dominated by Blumhouse uh, in terms of horror movies. You've got Insidious, uh, Sinister, The Bay, The Purge, Unfriended. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, I want to forget about Unfriended. uh, Stuff like Ouija and The Visit. The Halloween remake is is them. Don't get me started on The Visit either. Um, But, you know, they are also uh, partially involved with some uh, better movies we've seen, like Get Out and The Invisible Man. Okay, yeah. I mean, it's basically, they have their hand in indie movies more than anything. Yeah, I would say, um, basically until you get to A24 in the last, like, seven or eight years, I would say. It sounds like a pre-A24. Yeah, I I would say, like, they're basically the indie production company for horror movies until, until, yeah, A24 definitely has, like, a totally different vibe. Like, they're coming from more of, like, a artsy film school angle. Yeah, Whereas definitely. this is a lot more, like, low-budget, found footage, stuff like that. Um, so it, it's a really interesting, like, Blumhouse Productions is really... Uh, they have their hand in a lot, I have to say. They, they've come out in a lot of the movies we've, we've watched. Uh, you know, obviously The Bay and Insidious are by them. Yeah, so. I didn't mean for it to happen that way, but I guess yeah. those are just my picks. Um, yeah. But, of course, this, this movie was mainly produced... Uh, distributed by Paramount uh, and Steven Spielberg apparently <laughs> was a big part of it. Uh, I saw I saw that he had a hand in uh, the post production suggestions a little bit. Yeah, um, originally they were planning on just reshooting the whole movie, 
with Oren Pelly directing it with a bigger budget. But then once they um, had a few successful audience screenings, they're like, "All right, we'll do some edits. We'll give it a new ending, and we'll just no." Keep I, it I as don't is. need. I don't think it needed that at all. Yeah. I, I mean, it would be a completely different movie if they had done that. Yeah. Um, and it took like a full two years or three years to get a to get a release. Um, it was filmed in like late two thousand six, but it's main theatrical release was late 2009 mm-hmm. um and of course it's gone on to spawn uh six sequels Jeez, oh, there's a seventh one scheduled for next year really i didn't even know about the sixth one uh, apparently... i've seen the first three and even then like i kind of regret seeing the third one for its backstory stuff yeah i mean i would say two is pretty good um, two is fine two yeah. is completely fine as far as sequels go but Three just adds a bunch of lore to it, and it almost kind of retroactively ruins the first one. Just I, I don't like that about sequels. Yeah, I, I think the latest one is just like a streaming thing. It's not even like a big release movie. That makes sense. I, I hadn't seen it marketed at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really good movie, uh, I would I say. I enjoyed it quite a bit, but yeah. Do we, do we want to talk more about the production stuff or do we want to just get into our ratings and then we can kind of go well, on what else do we have for production i mean that's that's the main stuff so obviously um super low budget initial production i mean it's basically a handful of people in a house um, yeah. this house was for sale like a few years back also <laughs> by the way i, I just I, I don't know how you feel if you would ever live in a movie house ever i think i wouldn't want the attention Um, that's the thing right like i feel bad for the people with the poltergeist house and stuff having people outside all the time but also just i think i would have invasive thoughts like (laughs) even if i don't believe in ghosts i'd be like there's someone down there there's someone gonna get me (laughs) it would drive me nutty yeah i mean at some point like when it comes to movie productions like you just gotta try and separate yourself a little bit i don't think i want to be that intimately involved with a movie production i don't want people saying hey can i come in your house and take a look around it's like no fuck off no it's my house (laughs) although this is a a decent house i mean call me if the one from paranormal activity 2 comes up (laughs) on the market is all i'm saying yeah um but i mean this movie is uh really influential definitely um you know the blair witch project um in terms of found footage uh i would say is probably more influential but this one is like a close second in my opinion there are a ton of movies that are just this movie uh for more money that are worse um and that's right blumhouse has had their hand in some of this uh-huh yeah um, i think we watched one yeah um and then it's arguably one of the most um cost-effective movies of all time oh yeah uh, in terms of the initial budget obviously uh, paramount came in with a lot of money to do some additional editing and finishing touches and stuff but yeah but the majority of the movie really was shot for pennies yeah um and it got kind of like a limited release in 2007 with some screeners and then uh, even like more limited release in early 2009 and then finally a full release late 2009 this is a movie that had a lot of like buzz behind it I would say when it yeah, came out. Yeah, I mean, 2009 would have to be the year that I saw it when it came out. I was. How old was I? Uh, 14? I would have been 14, yeah. yeah. So, uh, 
definitely like an influential uh, late two thousand movie. Even the sequels, movie. I remember people in school talking about them. Yeah, um, I mean, I remember this being talked about a lot. The definitely like parodied to hell. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it works too. I, I kind of want to rate it, and then we can keep talking about it for a little bit yeah, because yeah. I, I want to like get my like feelings on it out. Uh, so first is our spookiness rating. Uh, this is kind of the overall vibes and the actual like setup punchline sort of scares and stuff like that uh what would you give it one to five i actually want to give this maybe a four just for those initial viewings of it were really really tense in the theater when nothing was happening and you're waiting with bated breath to see if something happens but it does get less scary the more you see it obviously and you know what's gonna happen but yeah i think that first viewing was golden i want to experience that again one day yeah i i honestly like four for it um i'm not really a found footage person in terms of scariness but i think this is done really well um the decision to kind of like not use a real script and have the actors kind of improv similar to the blair witch project how that was also done i think is really good um the movie really focuses on kind of the the realism of it um, there's not a lot yeah. to take you out of it, really. That's what I like about it. I think if you're going to do found footage, it has to be in this way. Yeah, I mean, I, I can think of so many found footage movies where, like, the cast and their scripting takes me out of it so much. And that doesn't really happen with me so much in this movie. Yeah. Um, even though some of the lines are obnoxious or whatever. but Some of them you can kind of tell that they're maybe not as experienced actors as maybe professionals maybe. But I don't think it takes you out that severely i don't think they're terrible or anything yeah and i mean i I wasn't really scared by it watching it you know today uh as i'm like taking summary notes and things like that yeah but the first time i watched it i I was legitimately scared i I like four for spookiness yeah uh that brings us to watchability uh how easy is it to just kind of throw this movie on how good is it to rewatch stuff like that Um, what would you give it i almost want to give it a five because it's really short it keeps your attention really, really well, and you're in and you're out, and it doesn't have a lot going on necessarily. Just, like, it's the perfect movie to throw on as, like, a suggestion to someone who may want to see a horror movie. For sure. I think I'd give it, I'd still probably give it, like, a four, but it doesn't quite get to five for me just because some of these scares are a little more like subtle like you do need to be paying attention to it the whole time Mm -hmm. um the lack of like any musical cues definitely makes it hard to like see everything especially when some of the stuff is like oh the blanket moves on the bed in this stationary shot that holds for 30 seconds um but yeah some things are kind of subtle on purpose but also if you're watching it in the middle of the day with lights on it's kind of hard to see (laughs) a little bit I think that hurts some of the rewatchability, although I think it makes it, like, a better movie. So I feel good about giving it, like, a four. Okay. Um, And then last is the Vincent Price vamp rating. This is the performances and kind of the overall vibes and charisma uh, of the movie. Uh, What what would you give it? I have to kind of stand by my stance that I kind of gave earlier on for this being a weakness of found footage movies. Just because it typically does use more amateur actors and there aren't a lot of B 
big personalities typically. I mean, Micah's a jerk, but I don't know if that's charisma necessarily. <laughs> yeah, he makes so, me like kind of hate him, but I don't know. There, if there's always some kind of male character whose job it is to yell at women. So <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a two for Vamp, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about giving it a three um, just because I think that the movie's kind of like aura is kind of there in terms of like uh, the vibes. Like, I think the vibes are there for this movie. It's got good atmosphere, definitely. Um, so the performances don't quite make it there for me, but I think, like, yeah, I would give it, like, a three. Yeah. Um, for just kind of overall overall vibes. I would have gave it a three if they actually played that music when the psychic came in. <laughs> yeah, there's this one scene where he has this, like, goofy music that he wants to play for the psychic, this, like, creepy horror music, but... <laughs> would have bumped it up to a three. <laughs> all right uh so yeah we both gave it an 11 out of 15 that's a pretty good score uh i would say that's like not one of our like top movies we've watched so far but definitely like one of the better ones yeah uh you know we watched the bay which is another blumhouse found footage movie and we liked it way less than way us. less way no. less um i i think this movie um you know, all found footage movies are going to have some amount of, like, explicit dialogue explaining what you're seeing in front of you. But a lot of this movie is really leaving it up to your imagination and your attention on the camera um, and on, like, what's happening. And I think that really helps it. It's a really smart decision. Yeah. Um, to not hold your hand and have something big happening in front of you for you to get it. Because, I mean... The audience I was in was clearly eating it up, so I don't think you necessarily need to do that. I mean, the fact that it's so stripped down means that, like, you kind of can't help but get it, even though, you know, it is a little bit more subtle, you know? Um, so, yeah, uh, pretty pretty positive for, for both of us. Um, yeah, I, I like the sequel, Paranormal 2. I don't know if we'll ever go back for the other ones. But... I don't know. 3 has some interesting stuff in it, but... When I watched this one, I just kind of wish I hadn't seen it, and I wished it didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I would rather, like, in terms of found footage, I think there's good places to go in the genre, basically, and I'd like to see more new stuff as opposed to just, like, sequel number one billion for franchise that has, like, a couple good movies in it. Yeah, you don't have to tell me twice. I think it's a miracle enough that two wound up okay. Yeah. Um, looking to see if I have any more, like, trivia here. Do we have bonus points? For what? I would love to help. <laughs> I would love if you helped me determine that. Okay. Uh, let's see. So the, the monster in this is an invisible demon uh-huh. who maybe has a cloven hoof. He has, like, three toes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know if that helps it or hurts it. Let's see. Would we fuck an invisible demon with three toes? What if... <laughs> don't start laughing. I didn't say anything. What if... He looks like Tim Carey from Legend. Tim Curry <laughs> from the movie Legend. 
Um, but he's invisible, so you don't know that. This is a reach. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, you asked me about the isopods, but you won't entertain <laughs> an invisible demon who is like six, six, seven, eight feet tall. Listen, I just, I just want people to remember that we do have the bonus fuck ability points category. We brought but it you up. Forgot la- it this time. We brought it up last week. Uh, yeah, points were awarded. Four. Three. You gave it a three. I'm saying that's my score. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For this movie, you're given, you're given invisible against four bonus points. It's the points. mystery. Okay. It's four, the concept. Four points for the mystery. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Shoot your shot. I have to have something. These movies are not working for this score. I am so <laughs> desperate. <laughs> we'll have to watch something with uh, more fuckable monsters in it. Maybe there are some in the bag. Who knows? Uh, Speaking of which We're talking about her behind her back Bring me the movie sack what was that? I don't know. It's like a, a champion theme song. <laughs> this is the champion. The champion's in our presence. Yeah. You're the best around. You're the best around. Anyway. Uh, this, this is... is... sack. <laughs> That's right. This is the movie sack segment. I got the jump on you. That's my line. Uh... This is the part of the podcast where we pull a literal movie out of a literal sack. Uh, and it's going to be our movie for the next week. Opal, you're the keeper of the sack. You decide what goes in. I decide what comes out. I pull the movie. I've selected the film. I don't know how many are in there. It's a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I can't keep track. All right. Are, are you ready? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you get? All right. Next week, we'll be watching Suspiria. Oh, my god. The original. Yes. That's exciting. I've um, never seen it. No, you haven't. Uh, I watched the remake when the remake came out with you. I really liked it. I, re- I liked the remake. Yeah. Maybe um, a little more than the original. I'll see how I feel, though. I'm looking forward to watching it. Uh, it's obviously a classic, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I have words. I have feelings. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Save it for next week. Uh, short episode this week, but I mean, paranormal, it's, you know, it's kind of a straight line. Uh, it's, you know a b found footage movie there's some interesting production stuff about it in terms of just how small of a production it was but not really that much to it Um, yeah i thought this was a fun pick just because i would be able to talk about my theater experience and how fun that was it's definitely one of my top theater movies for sure yeah i mean that that sounds great uh and i had a lot of fun watching this movie and just you know kind of kind of goofing off with it Um, yeah of course it's a it's a fun one. Um, we we always have a, a strange back and forth when we watch movies. Always we have a little. <laughs> we have our commentary. We have our, our couch commentary. Yeah. So. Our peanut gallery. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, looking forward to next week. Uh, I guess cl- closing the show. Uh, Opal, where can everyone find you on the web? Uh, you can find my socials and my links and stuff on my card. It's opal.card.co. And my horror movie list is on there. Oh, um, yeah. 
it has like all my ratings and stuff for movies I've watched. It's only a list for horror movies. I don't add my other ones, but yeah, I, I thought that would be interesting to plug. Yeah, definitely check out Opal's horror movie list. It's like are we we're at four hundred now, right? How many? Something like that. I don't keep count. Some some number. Um, definitely check it out. Um, and the podcast itself has a Twitter at Scary Pair. We update it every week. Yeah, follow us on Twitter. Uh, let your friends know about the show if you enjoy tell it. Tell a friend. Tell a friend. We... Tell your mom. Don't tell your Don't. mom. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and i'm uh, at putrid underscore imp on twitter you can find my other podcast level with you a world of warcraft classic podcast at level with you pod on twitter uh opal we're done yeah are we that's it what what if the what if the door just like opened and then oh. it closed opening and closing doors this sounds like a ghost to me it sounds like we have some paranormal activity on our hands. Dun dun dun. <laughs> See y'all next week. Yeah. See you for Suspiria. Oh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Bye. Bye.